No helicopters have been procured for me to go to golf course. Thank you. I've never said he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a <laughs> How'd you play out there today? Uh, well, I found the conditions challenging. Mostly because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been. I'm thinking about the swag bag. And I high hope for the swag bag. When you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back. Beltway Golfer Podcast, episode 57. Your host, Alex Dixon, here. A couple years back, early on in the uh, lifespan of this podcast, I sat down with Buddy Christensen. I believe it was episode eight. He is the uh, owner of golf retailer Golfdom, located in Tyson's Corner. And during that podcast, we talked a lot about the history of the store, uh, the original family that that started Golfdom, um, and had just how things were going uh, in the retail space during the pandemic. Um, for this episode, uh, I was joined by longtime general manager at Golfdom, Matt Trenton. And the reason, or one of the reasons I should, I should say, wanted to, to go back to Golfdom and do another podcast is earlier this year, they were acquired by Worldwide Golf Shops and wanted to give Matt and uh, and the team at Golfdom an opportunity to kind of explain um, how that that may or may not impact the business and uh, what their motivation was. But also, I've, I've got an opportunity to talk to, to Matt a couple of times and knew he'd be a, a great podcast guest, uh, big golf nut. And uh, we talked about a wide range of topics. He really knows his stuff, certainly from from a, a golf retail point of view and really enjoyed the conversation. So I'm going to keep the intro short because we, it was a longer conversation. I think we, we talked for over an hour and um, hit on a bunch of topics, but pretty early on, we talk about that acquisition. Other things going on here, I'm going to keep plugging it, but a monthly newsletter, shoot me your email on social media or go to beltwaygolfer.com and click on the newsletter, enter your email going out every single month. The third one will be coming out here in a couple of weeks. Um, where I, I just post updates on news and goings on around the DMV and, and in the golf world. Also updates with the merch, uh, real suit coming, a couple events, just links to everything going on kind of with Beltway Golfer as well as uh, in the world of DC, Maryland, and Virginia golf. So if you haven't, sign up for the Beltway Golfer newsletter. Couple sponsors for the podcast. First is Forecraft Cocktails. Forecraft Cocktails. If you didn't see on Instagram, go to forecraftcocktails.com. They can now ship to 42 states around the country. And if you enter Beltway 10 at checkout, you can get a, a 10% discount on your order. But they're they're licensed in retail now in Virginia, DC, and South Carolina. But the DC allows them to ship to 42 states. So if you're listening to this, you're outside of one of these three states. If you're in Maryland, especially, uh, go to fourcraftcocktails.com, F-O-R-E craftcocktails.com, and you can get them delivered right to your door and enter Beltway 10 at checkout. And they've got a a few, if you go to their website, you also see they've got uh, a few new flavors beyond just their delicious transfusions that 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 are coming down the pike very soon. Also, uh, sponsors podcast is Timbers at Troy. Timbers at Troy, the only municipal golf course in Howard County. Uh, go to timbersgolf.com. 
they are just finishing up the, their, their new netting out there and their driving range. They've got a great practice facility out there. Uh, they've been doing a lot of work to, to, to uh, improve drainage and conditions out there. If you haven't been in a while, go to timbersattroy.com. If you live up in Howard County or if you're if you're near kind of that that you know near BWI, it's only 10 or 15 minutes from BWI, go to their website, check out their players card. They've got uh they've got some really cool uh benefits to sign up for the Timbers at Troy better uh, players card that include uh preferred tea times, discount on the merch, discount on tea times, all kinds of stuff. So if you're if you're in Howard County especially, uh or if you're looking for a regular stop, check out Timbers of Troy. It's uh it's a challenging course, not a not a walk in the park. It's uh not not the easiest golf course in the world, but a but a fun one for sure. Uh Timbers at Troy, Timbersgolf.com. Uh that's it. Let's get to it. Episode 57 with Matt Trenton the general manager at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. But there's this trend in kind of playing vintage clubs, whether it be, and I'm not even necessarily talking about like hickories. I'm talking about like 90s. Yeah, I mean, 90s, uh, 90s clubs are, I think for a, a large demographic of the active golf community right now, I think 90s clubs are... They're really, they're cool. They're nostalgic, obviously. I mean, when we say 90s, it, for many of us, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But like in the golf equipment world, it was, it was eons ago, right? right. So, uh, and, you know, even, you know, even me at, like, at my house, I have, I have a tremendous collection of golf clubs. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it could be a clinical issue. Who knows? But do, you have a, do you have a garage? Like really oh, no, no. I have, a, I have a half of a basement. I call it the powder keg. And it's... I mean, it's 90s, 80s, uh, unique tour products from years and years ago, uh, one-offs, just kind of weird, esoteric. Oh, wow. It sounds like we should have done the, the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have been a bad idea. I could have justified it at home a little bit easier with the, with the family. <laughs> but uh, there's, some, there's something uniquely cool about that. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're talking about MP29s, MP14s, TP9s. Uh, these original TaylorMade tour preferreds. Uh, I want, I, I'm curious sometimes because, like, I, and I, I've said this, and it's, it's probably come off for listeners of this podcast. Like, I'm not the world's biggest gear guy. I, I do. I, I have a, more clubs than my wife would like me to have. I don't. I don't have quite. Sounds like the collection that you do. But I, I'm, I'm curious. It seems like there's also like a, um, a nostalgia for Prime Tiger. And so those, oh, early, yeah. those, so those early 2000 clubs mm-hmm. are like wildly popular right now, seemingly. Oh, I mean, the, if you even look at, uh, at eBay and things like that, you're going to see those you know, prices of 680s, 681 T-stamps, 681s, uh, tour models from the 80s, which were kind of the predecessors of those 681s the Tiger used so successfully in, those, in that, that period of time. Uh, those prices are creeping up really quickly. And what you used to be able to get for a couple hundred bucks is now going to cost you six, seven, eight thousand, uh, thousand easily. Really? And yeah, there's something about it. It's it's that hard chrome. It's uh, it's kind of this sadomasochistic golf, right? That that we don't we don't like nobody really romanticizes it in the in the modern world anymore where everything we pushed now is easier, 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 lower center of gravity, easier to launch, goes a little farther, goes straighter. In the in the not too distant past, like these clubs were hard to hit. Right. High center of gravity, designed for 
a very, very small portion of the golfing population, even then, but you know, now today, nobody's gonna hit that club here. There's no reason to. But to get back to what you were saying earlier, uh, not so much the hickory world, though you know, Tad Moore is making some really cool hickories. There's a lot of neat stuff out there in that world too. Uh, but that, that 80s and 90s and early 2000s golf product was, was really sexy and it was... Uh, There's probably an element too of, I don't know, uh, showing up to a round with your buddies or a tournament or whatever you're doing, pulling out some of these, these clubs from you know, a, a bygone era and then still beating your partner or still striping it down the fairway. Yeah, there's something, there's something, there's something to, to that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's almost like another level of showing. It really play. is. You know, and even when you're walking down the fairway, they have a different sound when they're clickety-clacking in together right. versus today's stuff. Today's uh, you know, multi-material, multi-face forgings, things like that. They, have a, they, they sound different even when you're walking down the fairway. Right, right. Uh, so. Um, so I'm curious. So, so I, I, we jumped right into it. Didn't do an intro here. So I'm, we're, we're, this is my second episode here at Golfdom, mm-hmm. sitting here with Matt Trenton. Uh, Matt, what, what's your title here? Uh, I am general manager of, of Golfdom and have been so for uh, probably a little more than a decade. Uh, and, you know, I've done pretty much everything there is to, to do here at, at some point or another. And, you know, I'm generally in charge of most all of the things, it seems. So, so we're going to bounce around, I think, I think, to a bunch of topics. Um, we, we, I did a podcast... I don't know when it was, it was probably two years ago because I think it was one of my first ten podcasts with the owner yeah, I think Buddy it was two Christensen. Years ago, yeah. um, but staying on that topic of kind of the, the vintage trend and the, and, and the used clubs, you have your own setup here. Is it, I might be getting the name wrong. Golfdom Back Nine. Is exactly. That, yeah, we've got a great memory. Uh, I, I, I bought nine. a couple clubs. I think to your eBay store. Mm-hmm. How has that? How has that evolved to this conversation that we're talking about? About you know. There's a couple, a couple different questions related to that, not just this kind of vintage um, boom that's going on within, within golf clubs and golf gear, but also, and I think I talked to Buddy about this a couple years ago, but with, with all like the golf club supply issues, with supply chain issues, are you start, or I'm sure you have seen, but looking at numbers and stuff, are there, are there a lot of people that are like, listen, uh, I, need a, I need a brand new set of clubs if I don't want to wait six, eight months for... You know, if there's, you know, it, I don't know how, I don't know how long it's taking anymore. Well, but. I mean, it's, it's improved, right? Okay. But I mean, if we, f- we look back two years ago, we wouldn't think that we'd still be in this situation where we're still waiting a long time for custom sets or even stock sets that, that are just kind of stuck at ports. Uh, the good news is that it's improving, right? Uh, especially at the stock side of things. Certain manufacturers have been very good at getting the custom orders at a, in a timely manner, but others are still facing delays and I don't know that that's going to change significantly for like the next 12 months or so, just based on some, uh, some conversations we've had with different manufacturers around the, around the country. But uh, it does lend itself well to the used product and to, uh, I think, the exploration of some of that stuff that's hanging around. We do a lot of trade-in events to bring people in uh, and, to, and, frankly, to just get some more good used product. And right. when, you, when we do these, these trade-in bonuses and things like that, it has a tendency to bring in better quality trades, which is awesome. That's what we're looking for. Uh, you know, wedges and putters and women's sets, which are things that we don't necessarily see a lot of. Those trade-in events start to bring more of that. Um, are you selling? I haven't. I mean, I've, I've browsed your uh, the back nine 
It's almost exclusively on eBay that you're selling this? No, I mean, we sell on eBay. We use another format called Sideline Swap. Uh, we are trying to do more in-house because the demand has been there. We have folks all the time who are buying on eBay and say, hey, wait, can I just pick it up at your store here? And yeah, of course. So they come I think in. I did buy a putter. This was a while yeah, like yeah, a year ago. I, I, I knew it was back since, like, you wouldn't even notice it if you're here in the store. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wandered back there and, and asked him if he got any got any good putters for under 100 bucks. And he pulled out one that was, that was really nice. Yeah, and, and, and we're starting to see more of that. And a perfect example is people are coming in with their, their kind of 12, 13, 14 age children and don't want to go into a full, a full set because a full rig is fairly expensive. They don't want to do a package set because the kids pass that. They're beyond the U.S. kids' height ranges. Uh, so what we've been doing there is kind of filtering them toward used product because you can get a great iron set, great driver, great wedges and everything, and, and you're going to be well under the you know, $1,000 budget or $500 budget, depending on what we have at the time. I mean, there's some really good stuff back there. And things I would do for my family, no question. I mean, we can do the alterations here, uh, which we often do, take an inch off, regrip them, and, and it's, a, it's a quality set of clubs. How long ago did you start the, the back nine? Back nine, we were set to open in March of 2020. Like literally the, I think the tour championship or something like that, the players, it must've been the players. Okay. And COVID hit and that kind of, you know, that, that, that threw some, some sand in the gears. So it, I don't know that it was ever officially launched the way we wanted it to be. Right. Uh, you know, in, the, in those two years, have you seen it? Oh, it's, grow? it's you... grown tremendously. Wow. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and fairly organic, truthfully. Uh, we've seen people just kind of wander in on the weekends looking for used clubs. We don't have a great used presence on the floor. Uh, Do and you we, see that ever changing? Well, we did it years ago, and as the store kind of grew, and as some of the accessories and some of the other you know hitting rooms that we've got, we've got you know several fitting bays. We needed that space, so we ended up having to move those clubs because there wasn't as much interest years ago in used product in store. Yeah. So we would filter through eBay, and, and that was a good way to kind of get it moving. But now the community has kind of asked for more of it, and, and, and I think we're doing a good job of providing. Our signage could certainly improve, and there are some plans, in, and I've got some uh, proofs I'm working on today for that, mm-hmm. but. The, the plan is, is, to, to give, is to have a healthy, used, pre-owned, um, <clears throat> you know, a 90-day you know, trade-in type of thing and uh, close-out products and things that are purchased that were you know, prior generations that we'll put back there for more of a value play. Right. The plan is to have that all the time and to really embrace that section of the community who's looking for it. And, and we all know... It's great to find a good deal. We all know that sometimes you're just looking for a club you know, to kind of go back on the nostalgia play that you remember hitting well 20 years ago. Right. You see it in the bin, you're like, wow, Cleveland 485. Man, I had a great, you know, great yeah. sand shot at you know, Churchville at the, on the third. I got to have that. It's 12 sure. bucks. I'll buy it. And uh, that's the hope is to kind of cover all those bases, but I think give everybody an opportunity to find something that, they, that they're looking for. Sure. Um, very cool. I, I, I I'm into it, and it, it's, it's only partly because I'm a cheap bastard. Yeah. Um, but but <laughs> uh, new new sets are expensive. I, I, I don't you know I don't I don't I probably don't re I don't probably don't uh, recharge my bag with a brand new set as often as I should, and it probably uh, impacts my game. So I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of the uh, of the of the vintage or used market mm-hmm. uh, myself. Um, so a couple th- a bunch of things we want to hit on here, but but one of the, one of the reasons. 
that we decided to do this podcast and kind of the timing of it was there was some news about uh, Galtham Store uh, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you tell us about what that was? Yeah, I, I think, and it's not necessarily out there uh, for everybody to see so far. We've been trying to, to get this message out. And uh, in May of, of this year, uh, we, we merged or were acquired by Worldwide Golf. Uh, worldwide golf shops actually and they are uh it's a it's a large group they have 84 stores uh and stores you'd know uh, edwin watts uh you went to golf roger dunn the golf mart las vegas golf shop i believe um they have their own worldwide golf shop is that a brand in itself? worldwide golf shops there are no stores that are actually named worldwide golf okay. um, so they own budget golf they also own uh, mike's golf outlet they own um uh, that kind of New England crew of uh, uh, Golfer's Warehouse. Not the Golf Warehouse, but Golfer's Warehouse. And there's, so, a lot of, there's, a lot, there's a lot of names in this industry that are so close. Sometimes. Yeah, and I screw them up. So I probably made a mistake in there somewhere. But they have, they have like nine brands. Right. And uh, we've known these, these folks for a long time. Uh, Buddy, whom we spoke with earlier, he, he's been very good friends with uh, the, the CEO of that company for a long time. And and then the owners, the, the group that purchased Worldwide Golf purchased it during, during the COVID years. And they are local to this area. Really? So <clears throat> there was a connection here. Is that public information, who, the, who that group uh, is? It's a, it's a family out of, outside of Bethesda. Okay. And, um, and, and they are, it's a great family. I've, I've known some of them for, for many years. I just didn't know kind of, yeah. you know, what their background was. But they're... Oh, so that's not, it's a family that just owns Worldwide Golf. It's not like a, a larger company. No, it's not a larger company. It's a, it's a family and an investment. It's a private equity group type of deal. And they are, uh, they've been great. You know, this is, you know, we're obviously very early into it, but it's been a really, it's been a really good transition. Uh, and I think it's, it's different for us, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we fought as, a, as an independent for so long. Uh, you know, 40 years. And I was a little concerned at first, as I, I mean, as I think everybody here was, we, we, we ran things in a very particular manner because we were always trying to protect all sides of the house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, when this opportunity became available and, 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 and Buddy kind of asked, you know, several of us, you know, our thoughts and, you know, kind of how it might impact us and things to that effect, Knowing the the guys who were running it was very comforting, and I had some friends who, uh, very good friends of mine, who who knew the family that was involved ultimately, and they they were like, "Hey, it's a great family. This is a good this is a good group for you guys. Uh, these folks are they're exactly the type of folks that I would sell my company to." I was sure. like, "Okay, well, if that's the case, then it makes me feel comfortable." And and and. It's been a great transition. Uh, Buddy and I were just out in California visiting their their home office in in Santa Ana. Roger Dunn Santa Ana is the one of the largest golf stores I've ever been in. Uh, it was a really unique opportunity to kind of see the way they do business in comparison to what we do. And we visited a couple other other stores, and it was a uh, it was it was a great experience. And I'm That's, excited. Golfton being um, like truly. Uh, independent and and you know owned here with a single store um, by for for a long time the Chang family and then and then Buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as I imagine it's certainly not a decision you take lightly for any business. No, to make the decision. Yeah. But so I'm curious, you know, what now now that it happened, you know, what is what what kind of you know when when the average person you think about any business 
uh, getting acquired or merging or selling. It's, it's usually about additional capital. But, but, but what is, yeah. why, why don't you talk through like, well, the, I, the reasons why and the benefits of now that... that now well, that I think it, what it, it gives us the opportunity to do is uh, strengthen our brand within the you know, Mid-Atlantic, uh, be part of something that I think is a, a really powerful piece of the golf engine in this country, and, and, and I think do what we do, but do it at a higher level, do it better, and... Uh, the, the great part about this, this ownership group and, and these folks in general is that they haven't asked us to change anything. They don't, they're not saying, hey, hey guys at Golfdom, you were good at X, Y, and Z, but A and B, yeah, we didn't really like the way you're doing that. That's an X, and mm-hmm. we're, we're going to move out of that. They said, don't. Run your business the same way you always have. Uh, if you need things, if you need product, if you need uh, staff or you, or you need anything, Lean on us, you know, get to us. If you need yeah. help advertising, if you need help with your, your marketing in additional markets, you need help on your web, uh, in your web presence, that's what we're here for. Yeah. But for your day-to-day operations, go out there and do it the same way you always have and treat your customers you know, the same way that you, that you always have and, 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 and hope to do and, and make the DC marketplace the, the wonderful place that it always has been. And, and, and that's the neat part for us is that there was some concern, I think rightfully so, that, hey, we've got big, bad corporates going to come in here and they're going to make us change things. Everybody's going to have to do this. Everyone's going to have to walk in the left door and, and, and walk out the right. And, and it hasn't been that at all. And I think that's the part that's really exciting for us because uh, you know, some of the, the everyday things that we did in the past are parts that we won't need to do anymore basic buying, things like that, won't be in my hands anymore, or buddy's hands, or things like that, which is really good. It may, it, when you say basic buying, you mean, so there, there's somebody at a different office now, when you say, we're getting low on X, exactly. they so can kind of do they're that They're going to some of that in from the back end, gotcha. and whereas we always did it previously just in-house, which was laborious. Right. And um, so having some of these things done on a, on a, on a larger scale is really helpful. And if we need something, does it give you the flexibility? Sorry to cut you off, but mm-hmm. to, but you know, uh, with any small business, especially a retailer, where you, you've got just a, I'm looking around at the store, you just got a ton of inventory, mm-hmm. and balancing that purchasing of inventory versus cash flow versus, you know, yeah. having having a backing like that, I would imagine would would ease that a bit. It's it's very nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. It's nice to know that if we make a mistake on some of the more uh, you know, on the smaller end buys or things like that, or a closeout buy. If we make a mistake, we can we can move it to a different location, and that's the neat part. Their locations range from three thousand square foot operations up to a hundred thousand square foot operation. Actually, maybe larger than that. So it's a it's a large range of uh, retail operations. So and and, and with that, comes, can you give me like what's a hypothetical of that? Like like a, like what, okay. For instance, I make a mistake and say, you know, I want a hundred of these bags, thinking right. that they're just gonna just kill. Right. And I bring them in, and they they just don't move. Now I've got the opportunity to say, hey, is anybody interested in? You know, ten of these we just overbought. And, and a Roger Dunn store in Kentucky yeah. might say, you know what, that's actually pretty popular way. in our region. yeah exactly, and and that's attractive. Because I think it's going to give us in certain uh, certain aspects of our business, maybe the more niche products. I think it's going to give us the opportunity to, to take a few more risks. And, and if it doesn't work out, I don't. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and be all upset at night. I, I can say, well, 
it was a little bit of a, a stretch for us, but I bet you they'll kill it in Florida. Let's right. see if they're interested. That's interesting. So it's, it's attractive. Yeah. Right. I get, no, I, I can totally see that. Um, what, I'm just curious, what about does um, worldwide golf shops and just having, you know, being a part of this larger organization, what about like in, from, a, from a digital or online, I mean, buying online is so huge these days, only getting bigger. Yes, and, and we're going to be part of that uh, in, a, in a stronger degree going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that's going to be very helpful, I believe, in this, in this transition. And, and just with this, this ownership group is that they're, they're not afraid to, to, to kind of roll up their sleeves and, and, and make some of these things happen, whereas a small independent, um, that was a, it was a tougher choice for us. And in the capital was just not always going to be there. Yeah. And, um, you know, as you can tell, the store, it's a fairly large store. And getting it to, to the point where we are right now takes a lot of work, takes a lot of hands. I mean, I have a wonderful team who are capable of tremendous variety of tasks. And we're, we're truly very... How big is your staff these days? Uh, we get about 20 folks altogether, uh, a couple of part-timers here and there, uh, but highly <clears throat> capable crew overall, which is, which is really awesome. Um, another thing that's, that's seemingly happened, that, you know, this, it, it, we talk about this in every one of these podcasts, one of these conversations, these last two to three years during the COVID, it's just mm-hmm. been, there's, there's so many different things that have been going on in the golf world that, that, that there's, you know, the whole industry just did a total 180 from what it was doing right before before uh, golf uh, or b- before the pandemic. In the last two years, you've seen a lot of competition in retail. Yeah. Where three years ago, golf retail seemed to be dying. Or yeah, that, or at least that was the message that was being, yeah. <laughs> being put out there. Big bad retail and, dies. Yeah. Right, exactly. And and now there's. I mean, I just got a flyer in the mail yesterday about another PGA Tour superstore mm-hmm. opening up in 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 Rockville, I think. Um, and so there's a couple of those. There's PXG moved into town. Mm-hmm. There's uh, more small independent shops have opened up. There's one right down the street, I think yep. Tyson Tyson's West. Yep. Uh, golf. Mm-hmm. I might be getting the name of that wrong, uh, but they're but they're they're popping up a lot. How do how do you view the competition? How do you uh, how do you I don't know how do you? Well, I think it's always healthy to have competition. Um, and and you know we have some really good competitors around us. And, and I think what does that do that? That's gonna it's gonna raise the, the you know the level of interest. It's gonna raise the level of service. It's gonna raise the level of demand. Uh, and and there's there's room for all of us. And I think that there's enough variety in those different operations that are that are you know kind of in the area so to speak. Mm-hmm. That you know we can all coexist. I mean, do I want to to do better than than everybody? Yeah, of course. Sure. I mean, I uh, but I recognize that if we're not being pushed by other entities we're not going to improve. And, and I think, you know, I tell my staff all the time, I'm like, I, I, the competition doesn't concern me. What concerns me is if we're not doing a better job today than we did yesterday. And we have to do better. And, and, and that's, it's pretty broad, right? Mm-hmm. But it, every day is an opportunity for us to learn from a mistake. It's an opportunity for us to learn from a success. All these things are, are out there and we just have to identify where those where those pieces are and, and, and do our best to solve them. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've seen and, and, and what's made me a uh, loyal shopper here at Golfdom is um, not, I mean, you've got an incredible selection with your actual golf equipment. Um, a tremendous inventory, state-of-the-art everything. You've got 
what now, three different fitting and hitting bays. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that I find interesting is, is over on the, like the, a lot of the apparel and kind of the other stuff, mm -hmm. the accessories, you, it, golf teams always seem to be kind of on the forefront of kind of emerging brands. Yeah, uh, that's where like the, if you go to a PJ Tour Superstore, you're not going to see probably 60 to 70 percent of the brands that you've got over in your apparel section. Yeah, you know that's that's the fun part, the the golf equipment part of things, and and you can kind of find those products everywhere. There's not as much variety. Any golf shop worth their salt is going to do their best to carry the major manufacturers and a couple of maybe some some more niche products or maybe an esoteric piece here and there, but uh, anybody worth their salt is going to do that. Where I think we've always kind of gone in a different direction was the apparel and the accessory side of things. And the reality is, is I love apparel. I love accessories. We're golf guys. We like gear. Mm -hmm. um, and that stuff is fun. It's really neat. And, and, and to find those products is... is is maybe the most fun of all. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a couple of different products right now, and I use Instagram. You mentioned Instagram. Instagram's a big friend of mine. Right. I, I love it, and that's where I find a lot of neat new products. It's so easy to find. So It's almost overwhelming. There's so many emerging brands, especially in the golf space. Yeah, and in, in, in the last two years, you're starting right. to see more and more of those pop up. It's so easy. <laughs> easy to bring it to market. You've got right. these great web platforms. Ecom at the small scale is very simple. And if you're doing the fulfillment out of your out of your house, yep. you've got something there. I'm looking at a couple of apparel lines right now and a couple of accessories. That, is that part of your role specifically here at Golfdom? Or are you and I Buddy kind, do that together to try to find? Well, the, we the have brand? several buyers. Uh, I'm kind of a a pseudo buyer. I, I, I kind of consult on everything. Uh, Beth Kaufman's our apparel buyer. She does a wonderful job. Uh, she's, she does a great job finding neat brands. Buddy does the majority of our hard goods buying. Randy Ramsey, whom you met earlier, mm. does a, a the lion's share of our accessories buying. And then I kind of look over and try to find the, the neat, cool things, the, okay. the, the neat kind of counterculture products, things that I think w might sell well for us. I mean, what I buy here is this, the small stuff. It's right. the like little leather bound books it's sure. it's yeah. weird head covers maybe a lady's pant line or an odd belt or um I mean, there's a few things i'm looking at right now that i, I there's but there's still, i mean that's the stuff that there's so many especially when you when you look at the social media wor uh, world and you look at the younger generation it's it's like all those little things are are what i think it feels like the younger generation of golfers loves to try to stand out and 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 look different then yeah. maybe, maybe my generation or, or a generation older than me that had this reputation that, you know, golf fashion was terrible. You know, we all wore, <laughs> wore the same stuff all the yeah. time. So to have these little pieces of accessories or a head cover that's not, didn't come, you know, right off the rack from Titleist or TaylorMade or whomever um, is a big deal. Yeah, it's that individuality that I think the sport right. lost. We, we, everything was so uniform for a while. It was pleated khakis and a, an oversized golf shirt, cotton. Uh, nowadays we're seeing, we're just seeing some really neat products that are uh, maybe a, still a, a nod to some of that tradition, but have moved. I mean, uh, we look at things like, uh, there's a couple different brands out there that I think you're doing some really cool stuff. Uh, Cavi is one. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah he's got Chicago, some- Chicago, I think. Uh, he's, out of, he's actually out of New York, I think now. Oh, okay. um, He's got some really neat kind of counterculture golf apparel. He's got some hats. He's got some 
uh, neat graphics work. There's, uh, you know, Seamus Golf is one that we got into very, very early. Those guys are out of uh, Oregon. Yep. And okay. I've got a Seamus head cover on my back. Yeah, and, and they've kind of, you know, in my mind, really revolutionized that. Uh, do you carry Seamus here? We do on occasion. Uh, recently, I haven't done too much during the uh, during the pandemic. It's just been hard to get product. I know they were hurting for a little while. Right. Um, but, but early on, Seamus was big. They, they turned their whole operation into in creating sanitizer or something? I remember seeing a big uh, well, they story did, about They that. did sanitizer and they did face masks. Face masks, right. Yeah, and they did a great job. They moved everything uh, and, and uh, they moved everything into into that type of market and, and, and did a wonderful job. And they're great folks. It's a you know family company there. Uh, you know, we did some stuff with Smathers and Branson, which is a local company, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you know. Uh, make a great product and you know, we even went, uh, went so far as to go with a different logo to kind of Try something new there. Uh, there's another company called Golf Texture, which is a really neat one, which I haven't done anything with here in the store sure yet. I know that. Yeah, these are all kind of the, these yeah. these kind of out there uh, Instagram golf brands, but there's some neat stuff. What is there. that decision process? Going back to the point that there's so many. I mean, <laughs> there's well, it's kind of an, and, and and seems like there's ten new ones every week or every day. There are. And I, so I, how, I, how do you make that? How do you? How is the decision process? To say, hey, this is one that I think will move. Well, generally as a buyer, you know, the, the key is not to buy things that you want. Don't just buy things that you think you'd buy. And I think that that holds true for uh, the bulk of, of the buying that we do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it starts to come down to the, the different brands, I think you do have to buy what you'd want. Um, I love head covers. So I, I look for neat head covers. Winston makes a really neat head cover. They're in the majority of the shops that you see. I know you do some stuff with National Links Trust. Yep. They did some stuff there. Uh, and I, I try to buy things that I think are neat. Mm-hmm. And some of them don't work, uh, admittedly. But uh, Mackenzie Golf Bags, I love Mackenzie Bags. I have a good relationship with the folks there. And whenever I'm designing one, I just make it how I'd want to buy one. And but we, maybe that's a good example. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't have McKenzie golf bags in the store, do you? We've got two or three now. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, they, we, they almost look like uh, display pieces or just some you know, uh, merchandising materials is, right. is kind of the idea. I mean, our store is... Because where I was going, it was like there's some of the stuff, it's like almost such a specific buyer mm-hmm. for some of it. Yeah. That it's, for a large retailer... It's tough. You know, it's, it's you know, how do I gauge whether or not this will actually be 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 sold yeah it's it's tough and i and i like i said i don't i don't always uh do a great job there it's the hope that somebody's going to find it and see it and and if they don't buy that one that they're going to say hey i didn't realize you guys or you guys have this can i order one for myself it's more personalized and for anything for most things it's really just a it's a conversation starter and that's what i that's what i like to look at it for uh specifically is the, uh, with that whole conversation, just, you know, even pre-pandemic of, of, of where brick and mortar and retail is, is going, um, is, the, is the demographic of Golfdom, is it, you know, are, are 20-somethings in here a lot buying, or is it still kind of an older? We're starting to see more. I, I would love to see more young people here. Uh, and I think that as, as the, you know, as, as more people get into the game and have, have an increased interest in the accessory side and the, and the apparel side, I think we'll start to see even more people of different backgrounds and, and uh, interest levels because you know, we see it on the weekends a lot where we'll have a young couple in here 
and the guy's looking at a driver and his and his wife or girlfriend's looking around. In, in the past, they would just stay out in the parking lot or whatever and just leave or go to the right. container store or go go to the mall, go somewhere else but the golf store. Now they're hanging around and they're they're buying some products and and at least or or saying, hey, I like what you guys have here. I'm not I don't play golf, but you know I see you've got Lululemon. That's mm-hmm. really cool. I, I bought a few pieces. I didn't realize you carried it. And that's fun. Is that all part? I, mean, I would imagine that's all part of. We, we talked about this casually, not today, but another time we were having a conversation about how, um, especially for relatively new golfers or occasional golfers, buying a new set of clubs or even buying a single club or walking into a high-end professional golf store can be an intimidating experience. Ah, uh, no question. I... There's a, there's a language. There's, you can, you can, you know, I've been a golfer, I host a podcast, I'm an obsessive golfer, and there's still so much I don't know about golf gear, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, and it can uh, be intimidating for me walking in and, and, and being afraid I'm going to sound like an idiot because I don't know how, you know, how the shaft moves or something. I get it completely. It, it's, uh, it's intimidating, it's overwhelming. Uh, you know, we have people here who are looking to help, but at the same time, you're just trying to blend in and... You know, I mean, this game's hard. Mm-hmm. And what we're asking you to do often is to come in front of a bunch of people who really aren't paying attention to you, but like to walk in front of folks and hit golf balls and the rest of the store can see you. That's pretty intimidating. You know, I, 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 I can't think of many other sporting. Has there ever been a conversation about curtains? Uh, we've talked about curtains. <laughs> we've talked, I mean, we had, we had people who I was doing fittings in here and guy's a brain surgeon. He's like, hey, I, I don't mean to be weird, but I'm starting to feel like I'm in a fishbowl. And he's like, I do surgeries in front of people mm-hmm. and I can handle that, but this is, this is setting me off. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I didn't really think much about it. It's kind of like you're on the, 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 the first tee and there's a bunch of people yeah, waiting. Yeah, it's the and first you're, tee. But, and, but you're hitting 20 drives. Yeah, 20 yeah you're hitting 20 drives. <laughs> it's the first tee. People are terrified of the first tee anyway. <laughs> it's, you know, first tee jitters for an hour. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Yes, it's intimidating. But how, do you, how do you help people get get that? I, I think we just, we try to create a connection with folks and uh, ask them questions. I, I give my, my, our, our staff a, a, a lot of credit. They, they try the interview process very effectively. They, they move through folks and, and explain to them, hey, what are you looking for? Okay, uh, you got a gap between your... Your, your pitching wedge and your sand wedge, understand, you know, what, what do you have? What, what clubs are in your bag? And we try to create that dialogue to kind of get a relationship so we can take some of the intimidation factor out. Uh, and that's not to say that, that we're completely successful. I think it's a difficult game. We expose, you know, golfers are constantly exposed to, to failure. That's what, we, that's what we're trying to diminish, but it just doesn't always happen that way. Mm-hmm. And we... I think there's just got to be a, a mutual understanding that this, this might make you uncomfortable for, uncomfortable for a few minutes, but we're going to try to help you out the best we can. Sure. And, and, and there's, the neat part about it is, is that there are so many great products out there to accomplish those tasks. We have state-of-the-art uh, state technology, certainly, but we have a product from every manufacturer that's going to kind of fill that void. So you can't really make a bad decision, mm-hmm. which is, I think, very comforting. And then, you know, we're going to help you on the back end. If something doesn't work out, we're here to help. That, that, that's, not a, that's not an issue for us. 
Uh, it wasn't an issue for us as Golfdom, and it's not an issue for us as Golfdom as part of Worldwide Golf. Has, has the whole fitting experience, is that, um, you said you've been here 10, 10 I've plus been years. 14 years. 14 years. Yeah. Fitting wasn't nearly as big a thing 10, 14 years ago. Correct me if not me. to the effect that it is today. I mean, now, no. it's, now it's almost like standard practice. If you're mm-hmm. going to buy a set of irons, you're getting fit. It's almost, uh, well, you, actually, you tell, well, you tell me. Are, are you st- are you, do you sell a lot of sets of irons off the rack without anybody getting fitted, or is that less and less? It, that's, it, it, it decreases every year. Okay. Um, and I think that's, you know, golf publications have really hammered that message home. Retailers have, uh, have hammered that message home. Uh, you know, all your pros on Instagram, everybody's talking about it all the time. Get fit, get fit, get fit. And I think it does help to reduce the number of mistakes that people can, you know, can make in that buying process. Uh, and, you know, and when we say get fit, that, that can mean a lot of different things, right? It, it can mean, hey, we're going to do a, you know, top to bottom. We're going to take all sorts of measurements. It's going to be a, uh, you know, an hour long process and we're going to hit a million golf balls and we're going to do all these things. We're going to look at spin rate and side axis and, and smash factor and, and, and all of these types of things, descent angle. Or it can mean, hey, you're six five. You've got a wrist to floor that actually comes out to standard. We don't need to be at an inch and a half long. You've got very long arms for your height. Mm-hmm. Let's not make the mistake of going with added length that you don't need. That actually makes the game harder. Uh, or, or it could be grip size. It's simple things. So I think the I fitting. I saw some clip online yesterday where it was just, just some, uh, I don't know what it was, so, some, an interviewer was talking to Tony Finau, mm-hmm. who's a big dude. Long Hits arms. Ball a million miles. His driver is a half inch short because mm-hmm. he's got such long arms. Yeah, and, and that's a, a forgotten part uh, in, the, in that fitting process. And, I, and I, I think it has a lot of validity. I don't think that people give it the credence that it, that it deserves because it doesn't sound very high tech. Hey, we're just going to measure you mm-hmm. height and wrist to floor and hand size. Well, that's not very scientific. Well, it, it is. And right. it's going to help you anyway. It's part of any good fitting. But uh, some folks, they've already done a bunch of demo days. They've tried their friends clubs. They know what they want. They know the model. Hey, I want Callaway Apexes. Okay, great. Yeah. Let's get you some Callaway Apexes. Yeah, I'm a little worried that I don't have the right uh, length and line. Well, it's a, it's a quick deal. We can work through that pretty quickly. We can order it. We can also uh, build it here. We order several sets here that are you know, two inches long, and then we cut them to the proper length for the consumer so we can get people moving and make it so they don't have to wait, which was right. more of a COVID protocol thing. Sure. So are, are a lot of those, I'm just kind of curious about my, when you, when you get someone fit, and we're talking the supply chain and having custom, mm-hmm. there's so many different options. There's so many, you had so many different shafts. You've got all these different grips. You've got all these different lie angles, different clubs. Um, cut it short, make it long. Um, are there scenarios where you know people come in, they get fit, it's not off the rack, but it is in stock, or is pretty much everything you got up, you got a custom order? We have we have ordered a lot of, or do they build them off the rack in different? The, well, no, or? not really. I mean, we we typically order standard for the store for uh, what okay. you see on the rack, right. uh, but we will in back stock carry some custom sets that okay. we can cut in house to whatever length we need, and we can bend it. We have a full service. Uh, building and repair shop. I've got phenomenal staff over there. And, uh, you know, Nick is, Nick Fusco is our, he's our club builder, repair, and a master fitter. He's just completely just fantastic employee. John Pack, same thing. Just, these are, these are guys who can do it all, which is wonderful. And it's neat when you've got a fitter who's the guy who's been in here with you 
fitting you and getting you all sorted out. And then he's the guy who also is building the clubs for you. It's pretty cool. Like yeah. there's no there's no skip of, uh, of anything right, there. It's all so. happening here. Yeah. Um, so 14 years you've been here. Uh, what, so I'm sure Buddy answered this in my last podcast yeah. with him. But do you, what what year did this open? They opened yeah. this store in 97, 98, 97, 98. Okay. Prior to that, they were on Tyco uh, in Spring Hill there. Got it. Mm-hmm. In the 14 years you've been here, you know, it's, I'm just, there's so many changes in golf, but, but you know, what, what are some of the biggest changes in 14 years from a retailer's perspective, um, whether it be hard goods or, or, or apparel, you know? Well, I mean, there's movable weight technology and things like that. That that was out there just prior to when I started. Uh, the the mixed materials of of drivers has really changed things. It allows them to to move weight into different portions of the golf club that, that just wasn't possible prior, mm-hmm. especially in a full titanium product or a traditional titanium product. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, this more casual golf attire, I think, is a is a big change. And um, I think very welcomed. I, I, it's neat to be able to wear the same stuff to the office that you can play on the golf course. That's, that's a huge change. I it's mean, it's I mean, tremendous. I think a lot of golfers, I know I'm guilty of this. It's like my, my golf wardrobe is my wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we, we like that. Uh, that's good for us. Uh, we've worked hard at making this golf lifestyle and just this, hey, I can wear this to the golf course, I can, I can wear it grocery shopping, I can, I can do anything in it, I can travel. Like, that's huge. Because now you're not buying things for one specific event. Yeah. And, 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 I, and consumers have embraced that. They, they understand that, yeah, these pants aren't cheap, but I can wear them in everything I do. And that's, a, that's attractive to me. Mm-hmm. This golf leisure product that we're seeing more of, uh, where it's stretchier fabrics, maybe a little, uh, a little more form-fitting or, or more tapered legs, uh, shorter sleeves, multi-use products. That's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, 15 years ago, that wasn't out there. It's like, hey, here's, I, I your, here's your big shirt. And, I think and I'm still it. too old for, a lot of, for that trend, but I get it. I see it, every, I see it everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. And, you know, soft spike. Like, you, nobody wears spike shoes. Right. We, we don't see, I mean, we, we still sell spiked golf shoes, uh, you know, soft spikes. But the turf shoe mm-hmm. is, is tremendous. It's 75% of our business, 80% of our business is in shoes with no spike whatsoever. And, and I would imagine also a lot, in, in even just in 14 years, you know, as, especially when we're talking on the apparel side, shoes, apparel, everything, as the quality of um, what you're wearing has gone up, whether it be shoes or a shirt or a pant, um, the spend goes up. I mean, a lot, like a lot of clothes are expensive in, in part yeah. because they're really well-made and they're well-designed. Yeah, there's, it's, you can run up a, a, pretty, a pretty high bill in a hurry, uh, but knowing that you can use it for a variety of things makes it, you know, it, it eases the burden, I suppose. Uh, and I'm guilty of that myself. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a pretty, pretty big consumer here. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that you're going to use it in, in, in other aspects of your life. I mean, we sell underwear. Right. And I, 14 years ago, we never would have sold underwear. Right. If you brought underwear and said, hey, I want you to carry this, this two under underwear or, or municipal, and I'd say, okay, that's great. This is a golf store. Right. And now we sell a lot of underwear. We sell a lot of socks. And the reality is I, I don't own any two under underwear myself, but I imagine the people that do, 
they're probably not saving that underwear for their round of golf. No, it's, it's everyday <laughs> it's just, stuff. It's just underwear in their drawer. <laughs> yeah, it's just hey, we've golfed them, had it, it made sense. It was there, right? And um, you know, we saw T-shirts and joggers, hoodies. And hoodies. I mean, hoodies. That's a big business, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you never would have seen a hoodie on a golf uh, in a golf shop 14 years ago. Where do you see? So now, fast forward, maybe not 14 years, but even like five or 10 years. So it's almost like a it's two different questions. One, like this line of conversation, like the apparel, maybe even the, the hard goods are well, like what, what kind of trends, obviously com- probably continuing a lot of that casual trend. Um, but I'm also just, the larger question is kind of the, the, based on what you're seeing, whether it be over the last three years uh, or just in general, where are you seeing golf retail head in the next five, 10 years? That's a good question. I, I think from an apparel side, you're going to see more streetwear make its way into the into the, the mainstream golf uh, retail space. I also think that, and this is just me guessing, we're going to start to see a more tailored, higher quality golf specific product uh, in the future. I think there will be a, a shift toward the golf attire again. I just mm-hmm. think it's going to be a more polished, uh, more professional, really clean look where it's clear that, it, that it's your golf attire, but it's, it's high performance and it's uh, well-made and, and very well-tailored. I, I think right. that is going to come back. I think we're gonna start to see more of that golf uniform make its way, mm-hmm. but I think it's gonna have its roots in uh, you know, more, of a, a, more of a street styling. I think it's just gonna be a, a little bit more fashion forward. I don't think it'll be that stodgy kind of past that we, that we all know. Right. But I do think that that's a direction. Uh, I think ladies' golf apparel is going to change tremendously. Um, I think that we're going to start to see a better quality for the lady golfer, which is absolutely needed. Yeah. Ladies' apparel has been horrific for, for many years in the golf community. And Are you starting to see that change? I mean, there's, uh, we there's are. We're starting to see a change, and, and, it's, and it's consumer-driven, right? <clears throat> and, and we've seen this during the, 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 the COVID times. The number of women who have created apparel lines at this, during these last couple of years is tremendous. Yeah. And they're making things that are really, really cool and functional. Yeah. And this shrink it and pink it mentality, which was always out there in, in the golf space, is, is going to be diminished by really strong designers on this female golf apparel side, which I think is going to be incredible. You're going to start to see some some ladies apparel that still runs in the same way that we're looking at men's apparel where it's more lifestyle driven. You can mm-hmm. wear it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's neat. Do you get, and this is kind of a, a question tagged onto an earlier part of our conversation, but like when you're talking about these, these startup brands as the, as a, a part of the team of buyers here at Golfdom, do you get a lot of like independent startup brands, like reaching out to you directly? Like, Hey, we'd love to send you some product or we'd love to, no. try to figure out how to carry your product. No, not, not so much. It's been, uh, it's usually driven on our side. We'll, we'll see something. We'll talk to some, some folks who are in our business. And now we start talking with the, the folks at worldwide, which has been really cool because they're all over the country. So they're seeing some different trends and they've got different people and things like that. So, and we were just having those conversations last week, uh, which has been that's one of the reasons why this is a good thing for us is, is that it just opens us up to these opportunities that I may not have, it may have taken me three mm-hmm. times as long to get there. But yeah. uh, generally these, these brands are not reaching out to us. We'll have to find them. And then I spend an, an inordinate amount of time on Instagram trying to find things. Um, <laughs> and 
you know, I have probably eight different Instagram accounts just hoping that for different algorithms that get really? to, yeah, to try to get me to different places to see, oh, see what happens. So you're just uh, clicking on different things based on what you're logged in as? Yeah. That's yeah. funny. So I don't know if it actually does anything. I don't know if I've outsmarted it or not. Probably not. But um, I, I think, you know, these brands, they don't know how to, to scale up. And, and some of them don't necessarily want to be at golf retail. They want to sell direct. Right. And, and, and that's fine. But we've been successful with those types of brands in the past. Uh, and... and and I think we can continue to be so. I mean, green grass only used to be a, a really tough mantra for us. And, then, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term, but many of these brands, these higher end brands, wouldn't sell to, to golf retailers. Right. They'd say, no, no, you're, you're a big you're box just selling store. the actual golf course or golf Yeah, park. we're going to go golf yeah. course only. And, and that was always a really difficult thing for us to hear. And I think we've navigated it effectively. But... You know, by saying, hey, we're not a traditional golf store or whatever, come on and take a look. This is what our store look, looks like. This is how we operate. And, I, I, and that, that never occurred to me at all that that would even yeah, be a thing. Is that, fairly, is that, are there still companies that do that? Yeah, yeah, it's still fairly prevalent. Um, generally at the higher end type of thing. Mm-hmm. And we've always just said, hey, give us a shot and we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll give us an opportunity to prove you wrong. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. What is their... Well, you know, what's, why is that a benefit for them to be so exclusive just to the golf course? Like, what's a negative in being in a Well, retail? I think, you know, think golf, it diminishes their brand? Or yes, golf retail, and it, it takes many different, um, you know, avenues, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's some that are discount, op- uh, discount outlets. There are, uh, golf retail is not necessarily what we operate here. This happens to be a particular version of golf retail, but uh, many golf retailers are more, uh, you know, discount based or, Closeout based right. or quick to put things on sale, and I think that's part of it. Is we don't yeah, want to sure. have our brand diminished by being quickly put on sale or not being merchandised effectively. One of the things we take a particular amount of pride in is our ability to merchandise here, and we want it to look like a great pro shop every time you walk in. Mm-hmm. Not all golf stores are that way. Not all golf stores operate in you know by putting the uh, the consumer experience first. It's more about giving you as much product, and I think that's a mistake that many of us make. Is Golfers come here just for the product, so give them as much product as they can have. Mm-hmm. So every time they will, every square inch of the store is stuffed with product. Well, that's that's not a great experience. Yeah. So um, talking again about the kind of the future of the industry, um, what what are some of the conversations that you and Buddy and the team have here? You know, when you look at online buying and e-commerce, uh, it's. I don't, I don't know the numbers. I don't follow the industry, but it's certainly not slowing down. No, no, by no means. It's, it's <laughs> so the future. I, I, so my, my question to that is, when you talk about, like, do you think this store or operation will look up much different 10, 15 years from now because of the continuing trend of e-commerce? I, you know, I don't think that it will. I think that we, in certain segments, it's certainly. But I think that the overall bones of what we do will still be here. Uh, the tangibility factor is important in our business. The, the satiating of an impulse is very important in our business. If you just played golf and you, and you bogeyed 18, uh, you don't want to wait two days. Two days doesn't seem like a lot, but in, in your golf mind, it seems like forever. Sure. In two days, you're back at work, and you're not going to use it until the following weekend. Mm-hmm. But if you, you slam your trunk and you're here in 10 minutes... And now we can satiate that impulse because we have it here. Yeah. I think that still holds water. Um, 
And, and I hope and there's does. a lot of that. I'm, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm a big impulse buyer. I, um, bought, I bought a gap wedge the other day because I lost my gap wedge and I had it around the next day. Wasn't going to buy that online. Yeah. I, I, I spent a lot of money in here around Christmas because I was behind, behind the eight ball on Christmas mm-hmm. and ended up buying multiple. God, I'm forgetting the brand, but the, it's like the, the, the auto massager. Oh, Theragun. Theragun. Oh, bought, yeah. Bought two Theraguns for family members because I was a terrible planner on my Christmas. Well, it's good shopping. to be a good gift giver, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that, that the satiating of impulse is important, and I don't see that going away. That's human nature. So, uh, but, you know, from a retail perspective online, I would expect us to expand. I would expect us to do better. I know that we can. Um, and bringing this store and the feel and the culture of this store to, to folks nationwide is very attractive to me. And if, that, and if, if e-com is the way to do that, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I, I think that we, we curate. Are there ways to connect? Sorry, are there mm-hmm. ways to connect, you know, you're talking about national, but like even like the local golfer to, I, I, don't, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but, it, you know, I'm at home. There's something that can be done or researched online to facilitate or expedite what I'm going to do when I come into the store. Well, you know, know, it's this is on a, on a small scale what you're talking about. I, I think uh, we've even started doing these things where we on our on our current website there's a club repair form, and it's it, it helps to expedite this process. And it's a simple form you fill out. You say, hey, I've got 14 clubs. I want to have these grips. I'd, li- I'd like to drop them off this day. Mm-hmm. I'd like to pick them up here. And do, you, know, you, you submit that form. We gather all the stuff. We get in touch with you. Say, yeah, bring them on in on Tuesday. We'll have them for you finished on, on Wednesday afternoon. And literally, that guy, only has to, all he has to do is just bring his clubs in, and give us his name, and we're done. Yeah, so it cool. facilitates it a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's not a true answer to your question. But we are trying to bring this kind of curated golf lifestyle right to you know nationwide if we can and and is it building a bunch of golf terms? i don't think it's building a bunch of golf terms. i think it's building a great web platform that enables us to 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 do that i mean mm-hmm. we're our buyers are proud of what they've done and that will continue worldwide does a great job of getting us the the, the meat and potatoes of what we need yeah but the other stuff the, the part that really is the, the, the true essence, I think, of, of what has brought people here for so many years, that's still going to be done in-house. And I'm excited about that because I think there's, our consumers are they're ravenous. They want neat things that make them individuals. You, you've got the, the VIG program, mm-hmm. very important golfer. That, that, that's unimpacted by the, by the sale or by the... Yes, uh, nothing's changed there. We're going to continue to operate in the way we have. Um, and that's been a great, a great product. I mean, there may be some tweaks here and there, but they like that program. They like what we've done with it. It's essentially a frequent buyer program. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's great, and it, it it's a great way for us to communicate with our consumers. You know, we do a variety of marketing around it. Uh, majors will m- might bump up some things here and there, but uh, it's a it's a great way to for us to engage with uh, the local golf community. Uh, what about yourself? So you are. Where, where, you, where you originally from here? Or where are you originally from? No, I'm from New, uh, Western New York originally. Western New York. Yeah. Uh, when uh, did you come down to the DC area? I uh, I went to school in Richmond and then came back up. My uh, my my well, my now ex-wife. She lived up in here for after we graduated from school. So I worked up here. I'd worked for Nike and Bridgestone on the side, 
as a, as a tech rep, and so I was always up here on the weekends oh, okay. visiting her, and then I took the job here at Golfdom. I was, I'd been working in Richmond for about two years after school, and then I got out of that field and, and moved up here, and uh, through my Nike and Bridgestone contacts, it kind of, it, it made sense. Got it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been very good. It's, it's a great area. It's a great area to be in a, a golf retailer. We have obviously, obviously have a wonderful location. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I miss Richmond and I don't really necessarily miss Western New York, but I, I do miss Richmond. It was a good spot and mm-hmm. I go down there with some frequency and kind of place them down there. Do you get an opportunity to play go- much golf yourself? Uh, not really. I, I don't play a ton. Uh, I'm one of those guys who could play every day mm-hmm. if, if given the opportunity. I just, I, I love it. Um, but, you know, running a golf store during COVID has been... Uh, it's become pretty clear to me throughout, throughout these series of interviews for this podcast that the people that play golf every day are not in the golf industry. Correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, we, if you play a lot, you don't, you're not in the golf world. And that's, that's a... It's probably, it's probably a very true statement. Right, right. Uh, uh, do you have a home course, though? Uh, yeah, I play out of Evergreen out in Haymarket. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've only been out there once, but it's a great, great club. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good reprieve. And it gives yeah. me some time. And I, I, like I said, I don't play much, but uh, I try to enjoy it, which is difficult. If you don't play much and you're sure. not playing well, you don't enjoy it very much. Yeah. Um, I, know that, I know that feeling very well. Um, well, this has been great. Uh, and do we miss anything that, that we need to cover here? I mean, no, not, nothing, nothing that I can think of. Just, I mean, we appreciate your, you know, you're having some interest in us, and uh, I think there's some really great things to come. So, sure. you know, kind of keep an eye on yeah, us. Yeah, no, I, I think it's important. I know that, you know, there hasn't, it's not the most public information, you know, the, the, the merger or the acquisition, but being able to kind of explain the reasons behind it and, and what to expect or expect or not to expect to make sure that people aren't making their own yeah. opinions about it. Is, yeah, is I mean, it's our wrong. hope that that the consumer understands that nothing's really going to change here. Yeah. It's been, and we've seen that. And at first, we were, everyone was a little skeptical, right? But the ownership group has been great. And knowing them for as long as we have, I mean, Buddy's known the ownership group, uh, the, the, the CEO for 15, 20 years, and he's been a mainstay in the golf industry for a very long time. And I, he's a wonderful guy. And everybody that I've interacted with at Worldwide has been top-notch. And it's cool. It's, it's neat. It's nice to have a little bit of security. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fight was, it was tough. It was tough on everybody, the, the fight for being this fiercely independent kind of right us against the world mentality for so long was exhausting. Were there any times pre-COVID when this kind of boom came back to golf where things got pretty tenuous because, you know, this this business was getting so tough and we were losing golfers and... Well, you know, it was... The the recession and things like that were difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember not having much product in here and it's a big store. So when you start to not have much product because manufacturers have cascaded everything and brought drivers down to 199 and it was difficult to keep up and all this other kind of stuff uh it was difficult for for a while and 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 as we started to see you know 17 was a great year 18 was a great year 19 was good 20 turned out to be great even though you know there was it started off kind of scary uh, 21 was a great year like we've had a, several really good years and that's been exciting 
I've got a really random question for you, and I'm only at, I have a buddy who asked me this question the other day, and the face was like, I, I thought he was crazy, but I thought about it some more, and I was like, I wonder if that could have any real impact. And it's related to everything that's going on with Live Golf. And his question was, do you think that what's happening with the, you know, the PGA Tour losing so many players to Live, to live the Live Tour, and it, it diluting the product, where all of a sudden it, everything becomes less interesting uh, because you've basically got these potentially two mediocre products instead of one really awesome one, that it could actually impact the whole kind of golf industry as a whole. Oh, that's, that's out there uh, for sure. I, I think... <laughs> Not something I thought yeah, about. What no, are you no, I, it's, like, a, it's a good question. So, and, and, and so far, and we had a little bit of this conversation out in California last week, uh, Liv's been good for our business. Really? It's, it's brought interest to the game. Uh, and... I don't know that it's, it, I could say it directly, I, but people are, are hearing the word golf a lot right. in mainstream media. And anytime right. that's out there, it's good for business. So it's actually being carried by, it, it's, it's, it's an actual news yes, story outside of golf. Exactly. It's an actual news story. Um, yeah, and, and we're seeing more and more departures from the PGA Tour you know, to go, going to the Live Tour. And I don't suspect that's going to change anytime soon. I think we're going to see more and more of these, these folks mm-hmm. doing that. And... Uh, as that tour starts to gain more traction, which it will, just given given the fact that they're going to get more big name players, uh, it it may dilute the brand to the point where you know we see some of that. I, I don't know, or uh, the game, not the brand, but it may right. dilute the, the game. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know my my particular feelings on Live at this point. I, I think, and I've said it before, if. If this weren't a Saudi-backed situation, and instead were an Australian-backed, you know, it was just Australian money, would mm-hmm. people feel the same way? Right. And and I, I like to think that, that they wouldn't, it wouldn't bother people quite so much. Uh, the the political situation has has created a lot of the these these opinions. Yeah, um, I think the one of the there's a, there's so many different layers to it, but the, the 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 fact that in golf, these players can still play the majors. Yeah. For now, assuming right. that doesn't assuming that doesn't change, then it's the whole thing's more palatable. Yeah. But one of the one of the things I have in, in my own little you know uh, beer conversations with my buddies about it is you know if another country said wow this model works and they do it to the NFL or Major League Baseball or the NBA and then all of a sudden you've got I, like my concern is the, the diluted product more than anything else. Yes, uh, all of a sudden it becomes the USFL in Russia or something. Exactly. Or the, yeah, yeah you know, the, there, that is out there, and, and uh, I, I think that's a legitimate fear. Mm-hmm. And it certainly, I mean, if money is the motivator, and, right. and largely is, then then it's out there. Yeah. Um, well, we won't go we won't go too deep into the, into the into the live stuff here. That's not the purpose of this this conversation. Mm-hmm. But this has been fantastic. Um, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to to chat some more and I appreciate uh, or I uh, encourage everybody to come out if you haven't been out to golf them recently come out store's fantastic I'm, I'm a loyal shopper and will continue to be so well we appreciate your business and uh, thanks for thanks for coming by today uh, if you ever want to talk old uh, old 90s golf clubs you let me know we'll uh, I've got a I've got a place you can take a look so. I want to I want to come check that out it's All been right. great thank you yeah, thanks Alex appreciate it See I don't have a good golf game but I don't really care. I'm a, I'm a regular dude living in D.C., and I want to know about D.C.-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. 
I don't want the, the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I want stuff I can't hear elsewhere. But I want it to be about these two golf. 